Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sarah. This is Kat. And welcome to the Halloween bonus episode for Books and Bevies. Nailed it. This is like the most we've talked in a long time, like <laughs> two FaceTimes in less than 48 hours. Crazy. I know I've run out of conversation topics. <laughs> also have so much work to do because I've done so little <laughs> this uh, weekend. Honestly, same. I have so many things to catch up on with like life stuff just because like I went camping last weekend and I was super busy the weekend before. So like my apartment is just like not how I like it like it's a little bit too messy and I have to like do laundry and stuff like that and I just you know when it all piles up and then you get overwhelmed (laughs) and then you just have to spend a full day doing chores Mm -hmm. very terrible it sucks and I have a really bad problem where like when I'm doing chores instead of like doing everything I somehow manage to always just like hyper fixate on one really small thing that doesn't necessarily need done you know what I mean like instead of doing dishes and laundry I will clean my coffee machine for like half an hour I feel like that that's how it always goes (laughs) I'll be like cleaning my room and I'll get like distracted by all of the fun things that I find and I start like just playing with my random nonsense and my knickknacks that I don't need and then I look around and I'm like ah yes everything is still messy and I have accomplished nothing cheers to that are you ready I'm ready so what are you drinking right now presently for our bonus Halloween episode I'm drinking a vodka soda nice you know classic I did take a big sip of it and I thought it was water and Shocked me a little bit. <laughs> um, they look the same. I should have put it in a clear cup to not and you would see bubbles. Out. Yeah, even though I made the drink myself, so I know what it is. I put it in this cup. <laughs> I don't know why I would think it was water. Not, not a lot of thoughts going on today. Um, what are you drinking? I actually hate that I do this or someone <laughs> asks me a question and I'll answer it and I will not ask them the question back even though that's obviously very polite like you're meant to ask the other person questions as well and it's not because I don't want to know and I'm not trying to be rude by ending the conversation it just does not occur to me to ask the question back sometimes and then I'm like oh why did the conversation end? I'm like, oh, it was my fault. So yeah, sorry. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, for those of you who don't know, because obviously I edit a lot of this out in post, um, but pretty much every time we record the podcast, I always ask Katrina what she's drinking and it is followed by about 20 seconds of silence. And then I have to remind her to also ask me what I'm drinking because I am just as much of this po- podcast as you, Katrina. <laughs> I'm like, obviously they only care what I'm drinking, so <laughs> why would I ask? Just, This actually is an interview podcast where I'm just interviewing you every single time. You're just helping me with interview prep. <laughs> um, anyways, I am drinking cider again because I'm trying to stick to the kind of fall-ish theme. Um, and I have a Lone Tree Apple Rhubarb Cider. It's very good. It's my first time having it. I would recommend it. 
No, I actually have one in my fridge right now. So <laughs> maybe I'll try it later. Mm-hmm. Um, um, this is the most we have recorded in such a short amount of time. Like we're recording twice within like 48 hours. So I doubt anything is going to have changed very much. But do you have a reason for drinking? I went on a great hike this morning. So that's a pretty solid reason. What about you? Oh, great job. On the ball. <laughs> um, one thing that I didn't realize was happening in Canada right now that I'm very excited for is it is roll up the rim season which I realized yesterday. So very excited about that. I love, I love roll up the rim, even if I get nothing. The digital one is not the same level of excitement for me. True. Like, I, I still appreciate roll up the rim season. Mm-hmm. I think I buy an unnecessary amount of Tim Morton's coffee when it's, it's a very great marketing scheme. Uh-huh. Incredibly well thought out but the non-physical rolling of like mm-hmm. now it's on my phone it's not a doesn't, doesn't do it for me as much mm-hmm. but I, still very, buy. I also had no idea it was roll up the room season I know I went to um Tim Hortons to just get a a quick little double double yesterday and I was like oh my god how long has this been going on what rock have I been living under um yeah that's pretty much why I drink because I'm now going to be extra caffeinated, which is probably not a good thing, but here we are. So for the Halloween bonus episode, because Halloween is my jam um, and Katrina is in law school, we decided that I was going to do most of the reading slash research. And I'm basically just going to talk at Katrina and we're going to have a discussion on three really well-known and famous horror authors or Halloween type authors, spooky authors, if you will. Um, The three authors I chose are Edgar Allan Poe, Charles Dickens, and Stephen King, because I have three books that are a compilation of short stories from each author. So I chose a short story from each book, read it, gave it a quick summary and basically what it's about. And after that, I decided I was just going to do some light research on the authors. And it's pretty interesting. I'm very excited to talk about this. I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Have you read any, anything by Edgar Allan Poe or Charles Dickens? I know you've read Stephen King, obviously, because we just did an episode on it. Edgar Allan Poe, yes, because I believe we did stuff in high school. Probably. Yeah, so that one I vaguely remember. Mm. I think Charles Dickens too, but again, years ago. So Mm -hmm. I don't really have much to say on either of them. Mm -hmm. So... We're going to start with Edgar Allan Poe, because that's just who I picked. Um, I had a really exciting moment when I was reading The Shining for our last episode, because Stephen King actually references in The Shining the short story that I chose for Edgar Allan Poe, um, which is The Mask of the Red Death. Do you kind of remember that from the book? From The Shining, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, So basically, The Mask of the Red Death is a short story. Um, It's about a group of people who um, are basically hiding from a plague in a building and they've like locked themselves in. But then eventually someone in a mask of the Red Death, which is apparently tuberculosis probably, um manages to get into the building and everyone dies it's a pretty good uh short story it's very like literature-esque like it's definitely something that you would read in high school because there's like a lot of imagery and a lot of like 
symbolism. It's a very difficult read. It's one of those ones you probably have to read multiple times in order to fully understand what it's about. So for that reason, I don't think you would be a huge fan. <laughs> I've just never gotten over the, I don't know if this was on, I'm assuming it was Twitter because this was back when we were in high school. Um, when someone tweeted the author what the meaning of having blue curtains was, like, you know what I'm talking about, right? I do, I do. And the author's like, I don't know, I just like the color blue. And the, their English teacher is very adamant that there's meaning behind the color blue. Like, it's the feeling, it's the tone of the story. And the author's like, nah, I just picked the color blue. And that, that's the thing that sticks out to me in all of our English classes throughout high school, where I found that there was too much imagery in every single sentence, according to our teachers, where I'm like, are you sure they didn't just write this because <laughs> like, how do you know what they were thinking? You don't, this is your opinion. Yeah. So yeah. my opinion is not wrong. It's just a different opinion. Mm -hmm. But I just, I hated that it was the teacher's opinion is correct. Everyone else's is incorrect, including mm -hmm. the authors apparently. So <laughs> yeah, I think it also definitely depends on the author. Like certain authors are known for having a lot of symbolism in their books. And I think then sure, look into the symbolism, but it's yeah. like, if the author isn't like known for that, especially like more modern authors, like it's probably not like, yeah, like, why would you be so adamant in something that you have no idea is true or not? Mm -hmm. like, maybe look it up before you tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I wasn't a fan of English, if you can't tell. <laughs> no, I do agree that it's not always as deep as yeah, English teachers like to make it. just a sentence. Yeah. Like, that's all it is. Like, I think if you look at Shakespeare... Sure, maybe look more into the symbolism and whatever, because it's fucking Shakespeare, but not every author turns everything into a into a thing that means something else. Also, now on my gentle rant about what I hated about English <laughs> class throughout my years of education, um, the fact that public school, public high school specifically, thinks that it is appropriate to make teen children um, write poetry and then force them to read it in front of the class is messed up and very wrong. I am, still am, even more so in high school, was a very shy person. English was not my strong suit. So writing poetry just in general didn't like. Speaking in front of my class, I could be talking about myself, did not like. Making me read my own poetry to my peers was my worst nightmare. And they're like, no, no, you need this for your, am I learning anything? No, I am learning that I'm dead inside right now. I'm not learning English right now. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things about, um, our education that I did not appreciate mm -hmm. that is easily the worst yeah I, I think that is terrible to make teenagers do like mm -hmm. if if you want to ask people to volunteer to read their poetry fine make me write poetry so I learn I still don't really see how that's relevant for like my Honestly, education like you could have spent that time teaching me how to do my taxes, but instead I had to learn the iambic pentameter um, and what a simile is. Like, have I ever used that? No. Yeah, I think a lot of the education system is just so dated, like even, or just like really not as important or interesting as it should be. Like, I think you could make English very interesting if you talked about, you know, more modern works, like maybe do a little bit of older stuff but like talk about things that are like actually happening in a child in the child's life right now and same with history like why was history so completely whitewashed and like I learned more history as an adult than I ever did in high school because 
there are so much, there's just so many more layers. Like why was I learning about the Renaissance when I could have been learning about anything else that is more present and more topical? I feel like I have a weird amount of knowledge of the French Renaissance <laughs> for no apparent reason. Like, I have no idea why I would have that information, but I feel like this was taught to us. Like, I didn't go yeah. out of my way to learn this information. So why were we being taught about French history? Right? <laughs> In like, Canada. Like, well, least- I, well, okay, I kind of see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we should yeah. have had... I just think that there's like there should be a slightly more modern type of history that you can take like there's so many really cool and interesting things that happened like even just in the 90s and the 80s that were like really pivotal moments in history but we're learning about like Like the 1800s (laughs) And like, I just remember, like, it wasn't anything important. It was like what the fashion was and what the art was like and all of that stuff. And like, I agree that learning about obviously World War One and Two, that's important. But learning about corsets and the evolution of like garments throughout history, maybe not so much. Because I do, I have a weird amount of knowledge about like what fashion was like throughout the ages but like, I know nothing about First Nations culture, culture, which would be so much more important considering we live in Canada. <laughs> than British fashion trends. Yeah, old British fashion trends. Like, I just remember, like, it was very important that we knew that a certain type of hat was made out of beaver fur at one point. Like, I remember that was so important that it was so ingrained in my memory. But I like, I learned to remember that. Yeah. Residential schools? Nah. Beaver hats? Hell yeah. Like, no. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, we learned some weird things, but yeah. Really, also, like, everything about English class was the worst. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, just like back to English class, since I did have a point about that, I remember. <sighs> what was the teacher who her name started with like a b whatever i remember one time i went to school and i had laryngitis um which basically just meant i couldn't talk like i had just lost my voice um and it's like not contagious nothing like very it just meant that i literally couldn't speak and this english teacher i came up to her in front of the class or not in front of the class i like went in early and I like gave her a note from my mom and my doctor saying like this child has laryngitis she can't speak also if she does speak it could further damage her vocal cords like so just let her sit quietly maybe and we were reading a novel at that time and you know how they always make you like go around the class and read a paragraph or whatever when you're reading a novel in English and when she like got to me she was like I know you gave me a doctor's note but like just try and I just sat there I was like shook my head and she was like no 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 just try reading and so I like I was like anxious and shy but I I was like okay whatever and I literally like opened the book and I was like in front of the entire class and she made me read the whole paragraph like that like she didn't at one point stop me and be like oh you really do have damaged vocal cords. I will skip you. Like, why would you do that to a teenager? Why would you do that to anyone? True. Every negative high school experience that is burned into my brain, I'm sure I have more, but all of them that I can think of off the top of my head are English class. Acting out Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Teach me about the history of Shakespeare and why his work is so important. Sure. Why would you make me read out old English and put out a co- put on a costume and act it out in front of my peers? I am in English class. I am not in drama. There's a reason I'm here and not in drama <laughs> class because I don't like that. 
And they're like, no, no, this helps you learn. Does it? Or does it just scar me? I, I just don't, I, I don't love how it's so forced upon you in high school where all of your teachers are like, it gets, we're preparing you for university. It is way harder in university. Like you need to do this now. So you understand what it's like in university and you go to university lecture and there's like 300 kids. My pro, I never made eye contact with my prof. Like he has no idea who I am. High school taught me nothing. Also university profs are way more casual just because they're like, nah, we're here for research. I guess you can learn from me. I, I hate that they're so adamant that university is harder and the teachers are more intense and that we have to suffer in high school to be prepared for university or it's completely the opposite. Like yeah. high school is way more stressful. And then university, I was like, a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't gone to university. I took all my university courses online, but even that is like still so much easier than anything I ever went through in high school because I don't like participating. Like we said, we're shy people. Like in every single class, they were like, you have to participate. And there's a participation mark. Like, why is there a participation mark when I apply myself and get really good grades in all my assignments and all of the work I do? but you want me to raise my hand and like comment on something. And it's not even participation in the sense that you have to get the right answer. It's just talking about, you can be completely wrong and talking a lot in class. And the teachers are like, oh, wow, you participate a lot. That takes away from my education because all I'm hearing are the wrong answers from people that I hear talk every day. I'm like, I don't need to know what your opinion is. I need to know what the right answer is. Mm-hmm. How is this helping me? I think this might be why I have decided to do all my university online because high school has traumatized me so much that the thought of being in a classroom again, no, thank you. Fair enough. That was a long rant. Yeah, that was a long rant. I was about about to say back to Edgar Allan Poe. Um, So yeah, Edgar Allan Poe of the three authors, he's the most like literature-y, like obviously he is from a long time ago. Um, But I have some fun facts about Edgar Allan Poe, the author. Obviously the author, not someone else, but whatever. Um, Edgar Allan Poe, this other guy. (laughs) This other guy, who's an athlete, actually. Um, So Edgar Allan Poe is one of the, if not the earliest writers, writer of short stories. Um, he is the inventor of the modern detective story, and he is an innovator in the genre of science fiction. So he was very, um, he did a lot of things for like the first time, basically. Little problematic moment. He married his teen cousin when he was 27 and she was 13. Little icky, but it was also a very different time. So <laughs> trying to... <laughs> I wish I could take a picture of your face and just post it to the Instagram. <laughs> he did what? <laughs> uh, he lived most of his life in poverty. His alcoholic dad left him shortly after he was born. And then his mother died of tuberculosis shortly after that. So he didn't have like a good life, which kind of shows in the genre that he chose to write. Um, but the most interesting thing that I found out about Edgar Allan Poe is that his death is actually a mystery. So basically Edgar Allan Poe went missing for five days prior to his death and he was found um, quote unquote worse for wear. Um, He died in the hospital at the age of 40 after he was like went missing and was found kind of not doing too great and no autopsy was performed and no one knows his actual cause of death. Wild. Suspicious. Uh, And then the final point that I have for Edgar Allan Poe is that a medium named Lizzie Doughton claimed to have received poems from Edgar Allan Poe after he died. So she was like a psychic medium um, who claims that he came to her in the afterlife and she actually wrote a book of quote unquote Edgar Allan Poe poems after his death. 
which is just another fun little mystery aspect of his life. And that's all I got on him. Do you have any comments, questions, concerns? concerns. <laughs> um, well, I, I am slightly concerned about uh, how he died now, but <laughs> no comments or questions. Yeah, so just to um, state the book that I used for reference, it's just called Classic Tales of Horror by Edgar Allan Poe. It's just a book of short stories um, that he wrote. And I just picked one at random. So I was very happy that it was actually mentioned in The Shining so that there was like a little bit of a crossover moment there. I felt a little psychic. Maybe I'm a psychic medium. Are you gonna start writing poetry? Through Edgar Allan Poe? Yes, I think I hear him now. Katrina sucks. <laughs> right here. <laughs> the ghost of Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe stands incredibly close to you. No personal space. You could have been standing like next to you. Sarah just motions like right next to her own face. And she's like, he's right here. <laughs> I imagined him whispering in my ear. Is, is this from TikTok, what I'm thinking of? It's like, hey, well, well, let me whisper in your ear. <laughs> I think that's a song. Oh, that's immediately what I thought of. I'm sorry. I feel like we're disrespecting anyone <laughs> right now. Yeah, no disrespect. I actually hold him in high regard and high esteem. He's probably one of my Very talented. Friends. So good. Um, and I like that his stuff is like more spooky, not scary. Like, it was nice to read that after The Shining, and it was just kind of like, ah, it's spooky. Not, I don't need to put this book in the freezer. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You know? All right. So then I also chose a short story from Charles Dickens. And the one that I chose, I chose this because of you. Um, it's called The Lawyer and the Ghost. <laughs> 
and I thought that it would be better than it was. <laughs> yeah, you didn't love it. I mean, it was like fine. It just kind of felt like a children's short story. Um, and I actually have a quote from a website that I found kind of funny, and I'm glad that um, other people felt the same way. It was called oldstyletales.com. And I think I didn't quote it exactly, but it said, the lawyer and the ghost has developed a reputation for being a disappointing joke rather than a spooky foray into the supernatural. A little harsh. (laughs) A little harsh. I don't think it was that bad, um, but it definitely wasn't. After reading Edgar Allan Poe and Stephen King, it was like just not as spooky or Halloween-y. But basically the entire story, it was like a page and a half. And uh, it's about a lawyer who moves into an apartment and then there's a ghost in the apartment. And then the lawyer convinces the ghost to no longer haunt the apartment. (laughs) That is the plot. That sounds like a very lawyer story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe you would like it. Um, yeah, it was very, it was very short, quick to the point. Um, not a lot of spookiness, but I mean, I know Charles Dickens is a very good author. I think it just boils down to, I picked a not great short story of his. And again, I have some Charles Dickens fun facts. Um, so, okay. One thing that is kind of hilarious and a little frightening that he did was he had a bunch of pet ravens um and they were all named grip so like he had a pet raven and then when it died he got it taxidermied and got another pet raven and then also named it grip and like all of i'm pretty sure all of his pet ravens were named grip i don't like that (laughs) it's either that he loved the raven the og one so much so that he could not let it go and would just keep the line going pretending it was the first one or he had no care in the world for this bird and was just like yeah they're all the same (laughs) that's true i never thought of it like that i thought it was just kind of a funny little quirk of charles dickens (laughs) I think that's more than a quirk. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, to redeem him a little bit for you, um, he did help create a home where former prostitutes could learn to read and write as well as learn how to keep home. So it was kind of like a home home to reform prostitutes because it was like definitely looked at in a very bad light at that time. And I just think that's super dope. What a feminist. That's very nice of him. Mm-hmm. Right, that, that that does redeem him from, from my view of him with the ravens. Um, and he relied really heavily on cliffhangers, um, because he mostly released chapters of his books and magazines. So in order to keep readers coming back for more, he would end almost every single chapter with a cliffhanger, so that they would want to buy the magazine again, and therefore he would make money from his writing. Um, which I think is obviously super smart and cliffhangers were really a thing until Charles Dickens started writing. He's kind of the pioneer for that. Oh. So like, thank you, but also fuck you a little bit because I kind of hate cliffhangers if they're like at the end of a book. (laughs) At the end of a chapter, fine. At the end of the book is the worst. (laughs) Especially when the next book is not even written yet or like out to purchase and you're like, Cool, cool. I guess I'll never know what happens. I will just suffer until the book is released. I'm just deeply invested in these characters, but that's fine. (laughs) I will feel empty now, but that's okay. Um, And then the final note that I have for him, which is kind of upsetting, uh, he has half of a novel because he died in the middle of writing it of a stroke. And it was a mystery novel, so no one knows what happened so like literally the ultimate cliffhanger speaking of is the book released like is it available to the public yeah it's available to the public there's a lot of um theories like I think a lot of people kind of guess who the killer in the book is but no one will know for sure because he is dead (laughs) we got to get that lady back what was her name Lizzie Doden 
maybe she can help us out finishing Charles Dickens book full circle um the book that I used for Charles Dickens is Charles Dickens supernatural short stories and this was a gift from Katrina I know what you like (laughs) yeah you and my Nana always like you guys never disappoint when it comes to presents like my Nana recently sent me a sweater that she knitted and then she also sent me like Halloween dishcloths and like just I loved everything Uh that she did you know how sometimes you get a gift from someone and you're like I neither want nor need this and I will never use it and I don't want to throw or give it away because it was a gift it is I always feel like obviously if someone took the time to like buy something and like think of me and they're like oh I think you'd like this I'm like wow thank you so much and you're right like even if I hate whatever it is, I will never get rid of it. So I'm like, well, you wanted me to have this. So thank you. Yeah. I just feel like if I don't know what to get someone, like if I, if I have no idea, I'll just get them a gift card. I'm a big fan of, well, obviously this is a book podcast. So clearly I like to read. (laughs) I like to give people books, but like some people I know just don't like to read and then I don't want to keep just giving them books where I'm like I know you're not going to read it but I think you should (laughs) I always like to get my dad books though yeah your dad loves books he'll literally read anything (laughs) like I could give him a textbook and he'd be like interesting let me read that (laughs) all right and finally uh Stephen King I also have a book of his short stories so there's a lot less in like fun facts out there uh, on Stephen King. Um, the book that I read is called That Feeling You Can Only Say. Hold on, it's a long title. That Feeling You Can Only Say What It Is in French. That is the title of the short story. Um, and it's basically about deja vu and a woman in this short story named Carol experiences the same thing over and over and over again. Um, And it's not like a good thing. And it's clear that they're like dead from like a crash. And uh, the whole concept is, is this hell or is this purgatory? Where you're like experiencing something really, really bad happening to you over and over and over again. And it was like how they died probably. Um, Yeah, that's what the- What are your thoughts? Would that be hell or purgatory? Probably purgatory. Because it doesn't seem like that, like leading up to the bad thing, it's not that bad. (laughs) Like they're kind of chilling and then something really, really bad happens. And then I think it's more like the knowing that something bad is going to happen as as everything progresses. That's what sucks. But like, I feel like hell would be a lot worse than just experiencing that over and over again. I feel like hell would be more like torturous. (laughs) Now we're getting into the topic of hell. Um, I I always have this weird idea that hell would just be like a a warm, red, fiery area, but none of the fire touches you. Um, And it's just kind of like a party. (laughs) And that's what I always, when I pick, when someone says hell or we're talking about hell, that's immediately what I picture. I... Have you ever watched The Good Place? Yes. Sometimes I think about that. That's a good one. That, I did not see the like initial main plot twist coming. I was like, oh. Yeah, that was a good fucking plot twist. Yeah, it was very well done. We were liars, hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> never gonna let it go. <laughs> we really dragged that book. <laughs> <laughs> considering like we didn't give it that low of a score I feel like based on our the way we talk about it we should have given it like a four yeah I was thinking about that um a while ago too like when I was editing I was like we really do talk a lot of shit about we were liars but I think we gave it like what a 7.5 or something a six (laughs) can I update my mark (laughs) I think it's I think it's just because we've liked all of the books we've read a lot compared to We Were Liars like eventually we're gonna read a book that's gonna take the 
take the new worst book spot and then we were liars would catch a break <laughs> okay so yeah that's basically what the short story is about it was pretty good um not as good as the shining and not as scary as the shining i will say um i really like uh in this book of short stories that I have, apparently Stephen King like wrote down all of the titles of the books on cards, like just regular playing cards and then shuffled them. And then that was the order he decided to put the short stories in, in his book. That's like totally random. And I appreciate that because I relate. I do like that. Right. So I feel like I'm the type of person who would like really overthink it unless I completely take away my own personal choice so I think that might be how I make decisions from now on I feel like that's a bit of a power move on him too being like all these short stories are so good it doesn't matter what order they're in yeah it will still be great yeah I'm honestly a big Stephen King fan now and I didn't anticipate this becoming a thing for me but I really love Stephen King now I can considering how much you love like quote-unquote spooky season I feel like that fits yeah I'm surprised you haven't read more Stephen King like earlier on same gonna have to I guess I'm gonna have to go into a hole now and just keep reading Stephen King in my own time not for the podcast because it doesn't make sense to keep doing it for the podcast this is a podcast Um, about just Stephen King books actually (laughs) it's it's just a fan podcast (laughs) And I'm the only fan. <laughs> just here. <laughs> just here for the chat. Um, any any other fun facts for me? Yes, I have a couple Stephen King fun facts. Um, and one of them I found absolutely hilarious. I found this website, um, which I did not use as a source because I, most of my sources for this episode were obviously Wikipedia. Um, I basically just used that and then all of the other websites, I don't know, just didn't, didn't do it for me. Um, but I found one that, uh, w- was called chilling facts about Stephen King. And I was like, Ooh, this is exciting. Like, this is exactly what I want. Like I kind of want weird, spooky, fun facts about these authors. And I clicked on it. And the first quote unquote chilling fun fact said, He's from Maine. And I was like, what? Just absolutely bone chilling. He's from Maine. I haven't laughed that hard while doing research. (laughs) Who put that there? And like the rest of the the website, I mean, not to be kind of mean, um, but like it was just really weird facts like none of it was spooky it was just he's from Maine he didn't like living in Maine (laughs) horrifying not only is he from Maine but he didn't like it (laughs) oh that's wonderful and then I just have like there's not anything um super crazy like he didn't have pet ravens or anything like that he didn't marry his cousin who was 13 years old nothing too crazy um all we know is that he didn't do well in school apparently um and his first job is actually quite fitting he was a grave digger for his first job makes sense um his childhood friend was hit by a train and died and he sorry do you have a comment (laughs) your face it's a really weird way to order those facts (laughs) One, he was from Maine. Two, he was a green digger. Three, his childhood friend died. Moving on. Um, I didn't necessarily order these at all, which is why this is all over the place. But um, we know that he hated The Shining movie, as did I. We talked about it in the last episode. Have you watched it yet? No. Okay. Let me know when you do, because I need to talk about it. I'm, I'm bubbling with rage inside um and yeah he struggled with alcoholism and that's pretty much all the fun facts I got for Stephen King I still think the one that says he's from Maine is definitely the most chilling 
Not that he was a grave digger or that his friend died. It's the fact that he's from Maine and didn't like him. <laughs> that combination is just wild. It's true. Um, so yeah, my my book for that of uh, short my book of short stories for Stephen King is called Everything's Eventual, 14 Dark Tales. He has a lot more. Um, so does Edgar Allan Poe, I believe. I'm not sure about Charles Dickens. I, as far as like his supernatural short stories go, I think, or his like more Halloweeny short stories, I think that's all in the book, Charles Dickens' supernatural short stories. But I know Stephen King and Edgar Allan Poe have more short stories outside of the books that I sh- sourced. And yeah, that's what I got for you. Those are, oh, one final thing uh, that I learned while doing research for all of this all three of these authors are like quite intertwined because Edgar Allan Poe was heavily inspired by Charles Dickens and Stephen King was heavily inspired by Edgar Allan Poe. So they kind of inspired one another as like they progressed through time, which I found super interesting. I didn't expect them all to be linked. Hmm. Well, thank you for those fun Halloweeny books, Sarah. You're welcome. Any hot takes? Any um, hot takes? I do you like Maine. Would like some candy. Yeah. It's Halloween, and I deserve it. That's true. <laughs> Happy Halloween, Beach. Happy Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you think? Is your who do you think is your would be your favorite if you had like if you had to read? I'd probably say Stephen King, just because he's the only one I confidently know. True of the writing style. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big literature person, which I know mm-hmm. you like more. Yes, um, but yes, I also have news for the podcast is uh, it something that i know no it's a no, it's news for the podcast but also it's news for me all right all right so first of all as of yesterday we hit 100 downloads wow i know which is crazy because i think we're we're growing quite quickly now which is kind of frightening who listens to this no i'm just kidding thank you very much but also (laughs) yeah also if anything spread the word (laughs) hey um wow that's surprising to me but yeah because i think we still as of recording this we still only have five episodes out so when we released the fifth episode we had hit 50 downloads and then since then we have gotten 50 more (laughs) that's crazy it's so crazy. Um, and then also we have a new country that listens to us or a new download in a different country. We have a download in Germany now. Ooh. We're getting popular in Europe. By popular, I mean people consistently listen to one episode. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so yeah, new country, 100 downloads, crazy shit. Are we celebrities? <laughs> <laughs> no. I know I find it I just I honestly find it crazy that like it feels like we've been doing this for such a short amount of time and it's crazy that we already have hit 100 downloads I know (laughs) because we haven't done it very often either it just it just feels like it's you and me chatting this is very strange to me that someone would listen to it Especially people that we don't know, because I know that there's people who we've told, obviously, that are our friends who are supporting us and like want to like see us succeed in this. But the mm-hmm. fact that we have people listening in other countries, like I do not know these people personally. And like our listener in Belgium, like huge shout out to whoever that person is. Um, but they have listened to every single episode, unless we just have five listeners in Belgium, but I doubt it. Um, no way yeah they've listened to every single episode so I really appreciate that listener it just warms my heart sometimes I get emotional about it I wonder if they follow us on Instagram 
I'll use my personal Instagram to follow them. Oh yeah, same. Honestly. I want to make an actual friend. Yeah. For the listener in Belgium and actually like any listener in general who we don't know personally, if you like slide into our DMs and actually tell us that you actually listen to the podcast, we will follow you on both the book Instagram and our personal Instagrams because it's hard to kind of tell who's following us that's like a bot versus an actual listener. So, well, there it was. There was the Halloween episode, which was mostly just me talking about fun facts, but I fucking love Halloween. If you want to follow us on social media, our Twitter and Instagram is at book bevies b-o-o-k-b-e-v-v-i-e-s that's book bevies and our email is book bevies at gmail.com hell yeah brother we did it our first bonus episode <laughs> wow wow <laughs> happy halloween everyone have a safe and happy halloween Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.